Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good read. Only the dead have seen the end of war. Welcome to Working with War Gods, the 161st episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is misattributed to Plato, but is courtesy of novelist and philosopher George Santayana. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. And it's Gwyn Ode's mother, Mary Meat. We are absent a car. <laughs> and yep. again, yeah, he's again, gone. Again, we had him for two whole blessed weeks, <laughs> two whole blessed episodes with Car. And then he did a lot of walking. At, yeah, this past weekend. Up and down stairs and across uneven ground. Yep, I was officiating at a wedding mm-hmm. and the hotel where we stayed, the elevator did not work and we were on the second floor. Mm-hmm. So there so was Car that. Re-infucking his ankle. Yes. And his knees and his back. Yes. So he is once again trapped on the first floor. He is once again trapped on the first floor. But on the brighter side, we had a beautiful, it was a beautiful right. hand fasting. Mm-hmm. The bride and groom were gloriously happy. It was a lot of fun. It didn't rain, which is good for an outdoor hand fasting. Right, yeah. (laughs) That's always the risk you're taking. The land spirits were incredibly generous and... Uh, the blessed them with an acorn. Blessed us with an acorn <laughs> right in the right in the middle, plonked right onto a microphone. It was hilarious. Uh, but otherwise, the day was perfect. It was beautiful. And Car uh, and I also got to when we had some free time the day before the wedding. Got to go see a drag show <laughs> at Hamburger Mary's. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a fun weekend. But unfortunately, but it it has done it has done its damage harm it to has, to Car's body. So it has done a harm. <laughs> Because he was not careful mm-hmm. with his with his feet and yep. his legs. And his back. And his back. But anyway, yes, as we go on and on about Carr's physical ailments, <laughs> sadly, it means he cannot ascend the stairs to no. where we record the podcast. All right. So um, I don't think we have any No, I think that was sort of our housekeeping. That was pretty much so. it. Oh, other than the fact that we won't be doing segments this week. No, because we forgot them. Because we forgot them in Everyone. Car. I exited my room at like 4 p.m. today. This was so bad. After working on my notes, and Gwen immediately goes, Oh, 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 what was our topic today? <laughs> hey. And I go, working with work and she goes, right, right, tell your dad. <laughs> so I went downstairs. I told Car, I, just, I talked to Car. I was like, so do you remember our topic? He goes, no. Is this is working with workouts. He goes, oh, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> I asked my brother who I had asked if he wanted to be on this particular episode. Hey, did you remember our topic? Didn't you want to be on the episode? And he goes, oh, I forgot that. So probably not. <laughs> <laughs> we were bad. But to be fair, Car and I left very early on Friday morning uh-huh. and did not get back until mid-morning Sunday. I gave y'all a notice ahead of time what the topic I was. I told you on, like, Wednesday. I know. <laughs> but we're forgetting. 
I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't argue with that. I'm also very forgetful. <laughs> yes, Happy Mercury retrograde. <laughs> that and I read somewhere that there's like five planets in retrograde oh, right now. So yeah, so it's just it's, it's, it's the just timing. the time. Yeah. It's just the timing. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you love us anyway. <laughs> but hopefully. We'll have Car back next week. We can do segments, uh -huh. and he can read names. <laughs> Brandon said earlier that if we make Car do segments and all the patron names in one episode, he might revolt. So, <laughs> <laughs> as my mother has always said, it's, it's genetic, genetic and progressive. And progressive. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> so, war gods, <laughs> war gods. I'm working with war gods. I'm working with war gods <laughs> with, with us. This was a requested episode. <laughs> So hopefully you won't be too disappointed. Uh -huh. Although, to be fair, you have Jackson's notes because Jackson has worked with the Modigan. Mm -hmm. I have worked with the Modigan in the past. I've also worked briefly with Athena mm -hmm. and Artemis. And, I, and also there are aspects of Hecate that could be considered. Right. We'll get into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think there are aspects of a lot of deities that aren't specifically war or battle oriented. So this is one of the first things I wanted yeah. to talk about. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> let's get into the topic now, shall we? Let's get into it then. Because we are house kept. And house swept. Thank the God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God. Wow. That was the, the most disorganized housekeeping we've ever done. On to the topic. Uh-huh. Yes. So the way this episode was requested was mm -hmm. a discussion of sort of how to work with war gods if you're not like yourself a soldier or something, mm -hmm. right? If mm -hmm. you're not actively engaged in war. Right. But sort of the first thing I think we need to discuss here is that most of our gods and most pantheons are not reducible to something like god of war. Right. Right. Even when war is one of their primary areas of interest or, or functions mm -hmm. or, or spheres of influence. It's usually not the only thing they do. Mm -hmm. War itself is such a broad topic that it's not unusual to have multiple deities who are involved in some aspect of war in a single pantheon. Notoriously, the Norse pantheon is absolutely fucking riddled with war gods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they did enjoy their war. Uh huh. Uh, you can you can find an argument for probably three quarters of the pantheon being war gods, but they do different things, right? Yes. They they focus on different aspects, or it's just one piece of their of the puzzle of a god. It's mm -hmm. one of the many many hats they wear. For instance, Ares, one of his areas of influence because he was a god of war mm -hmm. was courage, but Athena was of wisdom, so and and battle planning and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So you know, even though they had both had aspects. Right. That were war related. They had they had additional influences mm -hmm. and different were, kinds of war. And we talked and different kinds. Remember of war. when we did the the planets episode? We talked about the difference between Mars and Aries as mm -hmm. gods who were focused on war, who were received very differently by mm -hmm. the Romans and the Greeks, respectively. Mm -hmm. Mars. As a, as a god of war, was respected as the patrician of Rome. Mm -hmm. Ares, as the god of war, was seen as volatile and dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, had a bloodlust mm -hmm. kind of thing. So the subject of working with a war god, and the subject of war gods in general, isn't something that's reducible to a simple topic. No, it really is not, which is honestly true about a lot of, of areas. <laughs> you know, anytime you're talking about spirituality, mm -hmm. religion, uh, paganism, <laughs> mythology, and deity. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's a tendency 
when you're looking at pantheons mm -hmm. to try to pick something that each god does. Right, and then just and to make narrow that, it. Yeah, and to narrow it down and to make that their thing. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the way that the mythologies are written. No, and like, and I'm gonna, of course, because I'm Hecatean, I'm gonna use Hecate as another mm -hmm. example. She has over 200 epithets, which means she has over 200 areas of influence. She's not alone. All the Greek deities have multiple names, multiple areas of influence. Well, and like we've, we've talked about all the things Brigitte does. Like exactly. Brigitte does 4,000 things. Exactly. Freya is a goddess of witchcraft, sex, certain kinds of romance, certain kinds of war, mm -hmm. certain kinds of death. And, and none of those are contradictory. And you yeah. can't say, oh, Freya is a goddess of war. Well, because then you're just, you're, you're taking out just that aspect of Freya. Exactly. And you are missing all the nuances that all those other elements bring to it, right? Because when Freya is a goddess of war, she's a different kind of war goddess than Frigga as a goddess of war. Mm -hmm. Freya as a goddess of war, her witchcraft element and her sexuality element are very much part of Freya's kind of war. Mm -hmm. Frigga's kind of war is the queenly war, yes. the strategic war. These are very different war elements, but they're both war goddesses. Exactly. But the the way that they're different war goddesses have to do with all the other elements that they also work with. Exactly. The same can be said even of Brigid, since mm -hmm. you brought her, her up, because, you know, she is a triple goddess who has aspects that include art and poetry, healing, mm -hmm. And smithcraft. And smithcraft is the not just the creation of plows and right. so of implements, but of weapons. That was the smithcraft. It was a specialty. So you wouldn't call Brigid a war goddess no. necessarily no. in that she doesn't directly participate in war, but she facilitates she war. She facilitates it. So if you are looking to arm yourself mm -hmm. for some kind, like if you are... In present day, you're not a soldier. You're just a normal person. Mm -hmm. uh, but you a are a civilian. But you are facing some kind of emotional, spiritual, or relational battle, mm -hmm. and you need some um, spiritual armor mm -hmm. or, or some, spiritual weapon or some spiritual or magical armor, magical weapons mm -hmm. uh, through spellcraft or whatever. Brigitte would be an excellent choice mm -hmm. because she is a smith a smith craftsman. Same with like Hephaestus. Yes, exactly. Not a war god. Doesn't go to war, mm -hmm. but creates the implements of war. That's right. So it's not a direct connection, mm -hmm. but it is a connection to the subject of war, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you can do that with a lot of these deities. Like, Odin isn't explicitly a war god mm -hmm. in the same way that, like, Tyr and Thor are, but he is known to induce kinds of madness, mm -hmm. different, different kinds of altered states, that push men beyond their own limits. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's in the creation of poetry, and sometimes that's in the creation of murder. Wouldn't that be the similar a similar thing with Dionysus? Mm -hmm. There are some some myths, the Dionysian mysteries, yeah. where they go so wild that they become violent mm -hmm. uh, in their revelries. Yep. The, you know, there's a, there's a madness. The same with Pan. There's a madness yeah. uh, in the revelry. Panic. Panic. Exactly. And that certainly can be, could be and something. And that's certainly, yeah, that's part of, of the war experience. Exactly. Right? Is creating panic in your, in your enemies. Yep. Or dealing with your own panic. Or dealing with your own panic. And the same thing with, with uh, Hecate again. Mm -hmm. Rimo is, is one of, of her titles. And it's been, in modern times, it's been to mean like thunder. and mm -hmm. stuff, But it, it actually means, I believe it, it can be translated to um, terrifying one. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so terrifying. If you need a, several of Odin's, yeah. na- of, of Odin's Haiti can be translated to terrifying motherfucker. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mercati <laughs> is, you know, eater of men, uh-huh. terrifying, yeah. you know, any of those, any number of those epithets, any number of gods and goddesses. The original meaning of awe, right? Mm-hmm. Awe as in overwhelming. Yes. The idea of shock and awe, mm-hmm. which is a military tactic. You can certainly bring that into a situation you're dealing with where you need some assistance from a deity who works in shock and awe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Working with war gods is not is in a lot of ways going to be working with people you don't expect. Mm-hmm. But even if you're working with someone who is identified commonly as a war god, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's one of their main right. valleywicks. Your first order of business, I think, needs to be figuring out what kind of war it is mm-hmm. and whether it's uh, the right kind for you, right? right? Because you could be dealing with the physical combat of war because especially back in the day, wars were things that were much more personal, much more immediate, much more physical and visceral, right? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have drones. The, the best it got was, you know, trebuchets. That right. was the farthest away you got from a war in terms of, of active participation. Right. So you can have gods who, who deal with physical combat. You have gods who deal with those altered states Mm -hmm. that you enter as someone who is engaging in that kind of destructive activity. Mm -hmm. You can have war gods who deal with strategy Mm -hmm. and coordination Mm -hmm. and logistics, which is a very different um, sort of more cerebral element of the war archetype. But just as important. Just as important, yes, if you want to win. You can have war gods who the thing they focus on is defense, on protecting the home. Mm-hmm. You're going to have gods who the thing they focus on is offense, mm-hmm. on attacking others. You're going to have gods who the thing they focus on is um, developing courage, mm-hmm. confidence. I remember um, my, our friend Pat mm-hmm. from, uh, of Arts and Craft fame. Right. And she actually was, was helping someone work with Sekhmet because she had a situation that this, this person had a situation they were dealing with where she needed some kind of courage, but also someone to go ahead of her mm-hmm. into her particular battle, to going into a situation. The vanguard. The vanguard. You've got deities that will go ahead of you as mm-hmm. well. To sort of clear the path. Clear the path. Swan points out court battles, and that's another uh, interesting correlation in a lot of mythologies and a lot of pantheons, war gods will often also have associations with justice mm-hmm. and the law. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I don't think those topics are necessarily in the modern day very closely correlated. Right. Uh, I think we engage in a lot of unjust wars. Mm-hmm. But it was very common back in the day. I don't know if this is still a thing, but it used to be you had to have uh, a causus belly, a cause for war. Mm-hmm. So you had to have a, a justifiable reason you could point to. Now, often that reason was fabricated. Right. But you had to come up with a, a reason, a justification for going to war with, with someone. Mm-hmm. Not rules of engagement even, but, but rules for what qualified as an offense worthy of war. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it was some if it was some king or tribe or somebody who wanted expansion, oh, right. Absolutely. They, would come, they would come up with a reason. The reason would be some bullshit, but it was framed in the context of being a legal matter, and I think mm-hmm. that's part of where the law, justice, war association developed. 
physical combat, physical ability were correlated with, with justness and rightness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. And I think that go, that that was the medieval period, but that, you know, I think that correlates back to, you know, ancient time. They were finding justification, if you will, or justice mm -hmm. for their wars. I mean, we, hell, we talked about uh, the Trojan War, right. which was uh, because one... Ostensibly because... Ostensibly because... One dude stole another stole man's wife. another man's wife and took her to his his home. Mm -hmm. So and war ensued for a decade. Yeah. So. By which point, at the end of it, everyone's practically forgotten why they were even there. Exactly. Or we've talked about. Um, I'm I'm almost certain we've talked about in one of our storytelling episodes. Dag the wise. Dag who started, the wise. Who started a war over a dead bird. Yes. Point is that that there's a a correlation in the common consciousness between yes. war and justice and law. Yes. The idea of war is supposed to be that it is done to perpetuate a just cause. Right. 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 Whether that's reality or not is irrelevant. Oh, the other thing that war gods tend to be very good at, some of them, is cooperation. Mm -hmm. Because no one goes to war alone. Right. Right? So... You may find that a war god is really good if you need to get a lot of people on side for a project, to get a lot of them working together to a common cause, especially a political project, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a war god would be very good for that. Especially one that works with strategy and, uh, I would think, or rallying the troops. Right. And especially, I think, if you can identify a common enemy, whether mm -hmm. that's another person or group, or whether that's a policy mm -hmm. or something that needs to be destroyed, essentially, working with a war god to bring a bunch of people together to do that, I think, would be an effective yeah. way of working with a war god. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and this might be a good time to, to bring in why your brother works with the Mojave. Yes. So my brother Jackson, who has declined to be on the podcast tonight. We did ask. We did ask. My brother Jackson has for a long time been working with the Morrigan. He works with her because he struggles to regulate his anger. He's had anger issues okay. starting from high school, continuing on. I don't think he started working with the Morrigan until he was in college. Yeah, I think college is cool. He went. He did like anger management courses and mm -hmm. stuff in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't start working with the Morrigan until he was in college, I'm pretty sure, because he wasn't a pagan until then. Right. And she approached him, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. He, he got a call from the Morrigan, who she does that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wish Justin was here because he I could know confirm. Justin would be really great for this <laughs> because he's as a Civil War reenactor, mm -hmm. he works with the Morgan. Mm -hmm. And Justin's relationship with the Morgan is is interesting in part because it's very different from Jackson's yeah. relationship with the Morgan, which is again why I really wish Justin was here so he could talk about yeah. it. Jackson got a, a call from the Morgan to work with her, and at first he wasn't really sure why or what he would have to do with her because he felt like he didn't have a lot of war-related issues in his life. If I remember correctly, it freaked him out just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, he was a little alarmed. I remember Because having... the Morrigan was a scary goddess. Yeah, she's one of the dark <laughs> uh -huh. goddesses. And Jackson had had a bad... Quote, unquote. Jackson had had a bad experience with a pagan group early in his college days mm -hmm. where they went out into the woods and did some something stupid, right. <laughs> basically. Right. And so he was really reluctant to pursue a personal pagan journey mm -hmm. and especially to have a relationship with a dark with deity. a dark deity. So he was very cautious and concerned about this. But what it turned out to be was that the Morrigan was offering him help with managing his anger. Yep. 
like I said, this had been a problem for him going back to high school. He had done anger management therapy and Lots things. He, he had he had done a lot of work on himself, but obviously anger management therapy, what that helps with is how you respond, how you respond to your anger. It doesn't help with feeling the anger. Mm -hmm. You're still going to feel those feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So it was still a thing that was sort of weighing on him. So what the Morrigan has done for him is offered him help with, he describes it as smoothing out the anger mm -hmm. and as helping him like reforge the anger into something more useful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She also offers him protection. Yes. Yeah. He has some uh, devotional jewelry he's created mm -hmm. for the Morrigan that just like aggressively rebounds any bad shit. Oh my gosh. Yes. Jackson, so. if Jackson walks into a room and feels hinky, it's because his, his amulets are, are pinging, are telling him to f get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're very, very powerful amulets mm -hmm. and uh, specifically created with the Morrigan mm -hmm. as a source. Right. And uh, yeah, they're amazing. tied directly. They're to tied the directly to the Morrigan. And uh, he's and you can you touch those things. You feel the you energy. You feel the energy. You Hard. really, really do. And she has uh, walked with him now for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's got a very strong connection to the Morgan. Very strong connection to the Morgan. I, I think he's mentioned that she works with him a little bit when he's head riding as well. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Helps protect him while he's exploring yeah. the other side. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, Which is interesting because also now, uh, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he has also been drawn to work in the last year or so with Dionysus, mm -hmm. which is interesting because of that uh, whole Dionysian mystery. Exactly. And it's a different kind of combat energy with Dionysus, mm -hmm. right? Like it's fun party energy, but there is that madness. That, that madness component. So I think obviously Jackson's not here to speak for himself, but, but just from what I know of him and his practice, I think there's sort of a balancing act mm -hmm. being performed there where he's worked with the Morgan for a very long time very long to time. manage and control and focus and understand and understand his anger. And, and I think part of the reason he's being pulled to Dionysus now is to bring a little bit of that wildness mm -hmm. back now that he has that control. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's not something that most people would tell you to expect from the Morrigan. No, no. But it's very specifically what she reached out to him to do. And he discovered it was the Morrigan, because I remember this, you know, we've talked about it several times. Through He discovered it through divination. Mm -hmm. Who was trying to contact him, why she was trying to contact him, how she expected to work with him, all of that kind, if, if he was willing. Mm -hmm. He did it through a series of, of uh, I believe, tarot readings. Mm -hmm. And I think he did some pendulum. There too. might have been some yeah. pendulum, yeah. He got uh, he did his own divinations, and then he got confirmation from other devotees, yeah. including you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was an interesting journey for him to get to the Morgan, mm -hmm. and, and to get to a point where he would accept that it was the Morgan. Yes, yes. And uh, and then it was a very interesting journey of how he got to Dionysus. Mm -hmm. So it's just I think it's a really cool just a tie, mm -hmm. you know. Even though they're from different pantheons, yep. But they they ha and they have different energies, mm -hmm. but they're both helping him in particular ways. Yeah, and so in this in this sort of emotional balancing. Yeah, act this he's got emotional balance. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. It really is. Jackson cool. Jackson's relationships with his gods are actually really really interesting. And someday mm -hmm. I hope I can get him to we come on the podcast. Try to get him on the podcast <laughs> to talk really, about. Them. We've been told you don't have to come up for the whole time. Uh -huh. Just your portion. <laughs> but he, you know, maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs>
but we we did mention we know another person, a member of the Pride, Justin. Justin. Who mm-hmm. uh, also works for the Morgan, and he works with her in a very different way in his capacity as a Civil War reenactor. Yes. So I don't know a lot about it. I seem to remember him because we've had some talks about it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was a, he feels like maybe there was a, a connection through, through ancestry mm. to her. But also just this, I think there's a protection aspect to it while he's out there reenacting. But also just she's a, a, a deity of slain soldiers. slain soldiers, and he's portraying a slain soldier. So and I, doing it on those battlefields on those in a lot battlefields. of cases. Yeah. yeah, so I think there, that's where a lot of that connection comes from. Yeah. He worked with her almost as much in a death aspect as in a war yeah. aspect. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of the death aspect mm-hmm. going on there. Mm-hmm. But so, he's not here to confirm. No, that. Justin. <laughs> Come back and listen. Come Justin. back and listen, and then you can make comments. Rhiannon Gray, not L, says, I've always wondered if I'd ever go back to the Morrigan. She was the first main introduction I had to other gods, and as a baby who didn't really understand anything, I had like a sort of relationship with her. Mostly me liking her and calling on her for help with dealing with bullying in middle school. I don't think I actually had any real relationship with her, though. Just baby witch me, loving what she stood for and kind of using her as a crutch. Though the bullying did stop because I found my confidence to fight back because of her. So I would say that's absolutely having a relationship with the Morrigan. A relationship, and this is... This is one of those tricky things where, like, the way we talk about it, I think, sometimes obscures the reality. Mm -hmm. Having a relationship with a deity doesn't necessarily mean having, like, divine trance experiences with them all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it can just be vibing with a god and drawing on their energy and their power and their traits and their authority to Mm -hmm. to deal with something in your life. And 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 it can be for a short period of time. It can be just while you need them, and that can absolutely count as having a relationship with that deity, especially if you're also making offerings or prayers or things like that. That that worked out for me when I was first returning to witchcraft mm-hmm. after my Christian retrograde. Thank you, <laughs> Elliot. God, yeah, I love that phrase. <laughs> Elliot is so good. Elliot is awesome. I love that phrase. <laughs> I worked with the Morrigan, and a lot of it was specifically dealing with letting go of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, but also feeling like I had to be on the defensive and protect myself uh, because I was breaking away from a religion that I'd been part of 30 years. And from a faith system that does engage in a certain amount of shunning. (laughs) Yeah, and faith system where my family is all still engaged in Mm -hmm. that. And at that time, I I felt very drawn to the Morrigan, and she basically told me, and I do work with when I, when I work with deities, a lot of times it's in a trance. So if I say she told me it's because it was a trance experience right. or, or some kind of visionary experience in meditation. And she essentially told me, I'm here for you while you need me. Yeah. And I will always come if you need me. But it was definitely for a, if you feel like you are being embattled. Right. If you feel like if you, you feel backed into a corner. If you feel backed into a corner and you need courage and strength and to feel like a warrior, mm-hmm. then call on me and I will answer. That's kind of the vibe I've always had with the Morgan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't make offerings to her or anything like that, but that's always kind of... She's just willing to sort of be on call for She's you. willing to be on call for, for that situation. Something There was another uh, incident that I distinctly remember with you. Something it was It was about Artemis was standing in the way of another god trying to contact you. 
right. which I think we decided was Lucifer like. It was again early in that, and part I think also part of that defensiveness and part of that why I felt like I needed that protection mm-hmm. specifically from the Morrigan because mm-hmm. she was offering it was we lived right next door to the church. Yes. At that time. That, that, uh, at that time. That car used to work at. That car used to work at, that I used to be a part of, Mm -hmm. too. They were, we literally were living in the The, shadow. Yeah, and well, the apartment building we lived in was owned by the church. Yes, and (laughs) so it was, it was, and it was a mega church. So there were, we were surrounded, Mm -hmm. if you will, by people who knew us and and who knew our, your background, our Christian background and things like that. So I felt defensive just living there. But it was during one of the supermoons. Yes, that's right. And we were doing some divination. We were doing and outs- you were, we were outside doing divination And, and you were getting weird responses that were really mm-hmm. contradictory. Yeah. And I think eventually we figured out it was Lucifer Lightbringer was trying to talk to you. And Artemis was saying no. standing in the way and saying, leave her alone. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> right. And I never did quite understand... Why she Why took that position? She yeah, she took that position. I did used to work with Artemis mm-hmm. and Brigid early in my my walk twenty years ago. Artemis was was very important to me, mm-hmm. and I worked with her exclusively uh, for a time, as well as well, I shouldn't say exclusively because I also worked with Brigid. Right. But I had some very intense interactions with Artemis mm-hmm. at that time, and interestingly enough, I didn't feel drawn to to go back to her mm-hmm. as a as a deity, as a deity that you were working that with. I would be working with, uh, although I'm, we're kind of edging that way now. <laughs> but yeah, when uh, Lucifer Lightbringer attempted to communicate with me mm-hmm. that evening, she was like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> she didn't want to talk to you, you know. And she, you could almost see, I could almost see her standing there, mm-hmm. you know, with shield, just going, "No, <laughs> rejected, <laughs> rejected." And it was interesting. It was an interesting experience. Mm -hmm. I had forgotten that. Yeah, no, I distinctly, I've always remembered that interaction because it was so interesting to me that one god was actively preventing another god from interacting with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So So, for some reason, Artemis felt that that was an inappropriate interaction. And the only thing that we could come up with was because of the Christian background. Yeah, that it would be too too fraught for you. Too fraught and maybe too confusing Mm -hmm. and twig into some uh some trauma some trauma with the christianity yeah. background and stuff so for whatever reason artemis was like no <laughs> no and no and go no. away <laughs> and he did and he did and he's never tried to never to contact her again never again so sometimes sometimes the war gods bring themselves into your life <laughs> yes they do Thanks to our tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, that's Aquarian Tabernacle Church organization, based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property, which would allow them to expand their current network of resources. During social distancing, you can find them online at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash weaversatc. Weavers is also holding regular Zoom meetings, online rituals, and Discord discussions during this time. Excellent read. Hail Dictinus. Thank you. It helps that I had to do public speaking this week. <laughs> so you're in public speaking mode. I'm in mode. public speaking did mode. You, did you hail Dictinus before you did that? I should have. I did not. I was too nervous. Too nervous? I had gone there to the space where the hand fasting was taking place, and I introduced myself to all the trees. Mm-hmm. And just kind of grounded. Right. So. Just got into the space. Just got into the space. But I, I did hail Dictinus this evening. So, that, hail Dictinus. 
And thank you for the, for, the good, thank you for, thank you for the good reads at the wedding. <laughs> and thank you for the good reads at the wedding. Yep. Dictinus, I don't think, is probably a war god. He doesn't no, have that vibe. No, Dictinus doesn't. He doesn't have, have the vibe of even being involved in war. No, I feel like Dictinus I think would the closest, be in the library. Yeah, I think the closest he would get is if you're making a speech to the troops, right? Or maps. Yeah. Looking at oh, maps. Oh, yeah, I could see him maybe being adjacent to the logistics side, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I don't think he would like to be actively involved. He just didn't have that energy. Uh, but if anything, if anything, it would be more encouragement. Yeah. Elle says, Dictinus strikes me as more of a diplomacy guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Who you go to for, you know, peace Trying treaty. to end the war. Trying to end the war. Peace Which is, treaty deity. Now, that's actually uh, another An interesting thing. interesting thing. Another, another element of this. Sometimes... That's what a war deity is called on yes. to do. Uh, sometimes, um, especially the war deities who are more strategic mm -hmm. um, or who are more about defense than offense, mm -hmm. sometimes you can call on them to settle a conflict, whether that's with a peace treaty or a decisive victory or a decisive defeat. Or, mm -hmm. or, or which right. I think usually is what the one's doing forward assault or uh -huh, whatever. Yeah, they're wanting the decisive, the decisive victory. victory. <laughs> Whereas uh, the other team is going might go. We'll accept uh, a, a defeat. <laughs> defeat, please. Surrender. Surrender. Um, depending on the god, like I said, right. and because the subject of a war god is so broad and multifaceted, mm -hmm. you really can't just apply this to every war god, but if you have the right kind of war god, like I, you can I work think, with them to end a conflict. I think Athena would be more likely to to work with bringing peace treaty together, possibly. Athena? <laughs> Athena. Yeah. Yeah, Athena might... Athena more than Ares, I think. Yeah, yes. oh yeah. Oh yeah, but Mars, on the other hand, yeah. Whereas Mars, I think actually, I, I think Mars actually would be interested in bringing conflict to a close as mm -hmm. long as his side was winning. Yes, yes, I, and probably so long as his side had enough benefit. Right, as long as they were, as long as they were coming out ahead. Mm -hmm. I think I, I've only just started working with Hera. So I don't know a lot about her. I do know that she was in one conflict with, uh, I think it, was, it might have been Athena. <laughs> she seems like the type who would either be like, I'm going to take a bitch down, or as long as you give me what I want, mm -hmm. we can come to an agreement. <laughs> right, we can come to terms. Yeah, so I, I feel like even, even though she's not specifically a war goddess, mm -hmm. I, she is a queen, just as Frigga is a queen, and they are able to work with a diplomatic kind of now something. Thing. Something interesting about Frigga as a as a mm -hmm. as a queen war goddess mm -hmm. is that in her stories, when she gets involved in conflicts, especially human conflicts, right. when she wins them for her favorites, she does it through trickery. Uh huh. She does it by fooling usually the men around her into doing what she wants uh-huh uh and usually to win bets against Odin <laughs> which makes perfect sense uh-huh um so that's something else to, to bear in mind sometimes a war god the aspect that you're pulling on is not brute strength mm -hmm. it's cunning cunning yes it's trickery mm -hmm. it's deception so you might need a a, a deity that specializes mm -hmm. in deception or trickery mm -hmm. especially if you're dealing now because we keep saying you know dealing with war but let's let's bring this into our daily life kind right. of situation the subject, where i think you can sort of generalize it from war mm -hmm. as an activity between nations to conflict conflict yeah let's talk about conflict that happens in people's lives mm -hmm. whether it's in their family or with neighbors <laughs> uh, <laughs> work 
colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, maybe someone who steals your ideas. Right. You know, any 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 kind of human conflict that we we do run into. Yeah. Which is going to happen daily in life, and it has nothing to do with combat or right. you know, but it's personal relationships yeah. or legal battles yeah. or things of that nature. Yeah. And these are deities we can reach out to. Absolutely. You just have to know which one is right for the situation. Mm-hmm. So that means, you know, before reaching out to the deity to just even petition them, hey, would mm-hmm. you be willing to work with me? Get to know who they are, what their mythology is, what, you know, do they have a, a kind of, like, if you are in need of, of some cunning, mm-hmm. if you're dealing with a situation where you've got to find out some hidden information. Right. You know, Or like, it, so... So if you have a legal battle coming up, in the Norse mythology, your default go-to is probably going to be Tyr. Mm-hmm. Because he's associated with war and with justice and right. legal matters, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to win a legal battle where you perhaps are not the the most just per- participant, right? If you want to win a legal battle where Tyr's justice would see you punished... Maybe you go to Frigga because she has that, well, I don't care who's right. I just want to win energy. (laughs) So know who you should be aiming your attention at. And if you need, and like someone is recommending for legal, you know, go Athena, Mm -hmm. very wise, um, you know. So, yeah, you go with someone who's book smart Mm -hmm. if you're in a dealing with a legal situation. Right. Like I would not petition. Actually, there's one legal circumstance where I would petition Thor mm-hmm. and it would be for workers' rights because he's go. a working man's god. But for everything else, Thor is just he's just not quite book smart enough yeah. for that kind of business. And uh again, you know, sometimes you're dealing in situations where especially, you know, maybe in a workspace, maybe in a pers- interpersonal relationships, uh things like that, there's gossip going on about mm-hmm. you or there's somebody is stealing something, intellectual property, or you taking just need, credit for your work. Or you just need to establish boundaries. Or you just need to establish boundaries. This can happen a lot in families, mm-hmm. as we all know, and you need a deity who can assist you with creating boundaries. Yep. You know. War gods are all about managing territory in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um so they are great for establishing yeah. boundaries and, and then defending them. And L makes a great mm-hmm. uh, point. You can call on more than one god, and that's kind of what we're saying. You know, get to know which of these deities might be the best one to assist you, mm-hmm. and then reach out to them. Now, there's no guarantee that they'll say yes. Right, obviously. And this is the other thing is absolutely work with more than one god. They don't even have to be in the same pantheon. As long yeah. as they all agree to work with you on this thing, you're good to go. Exactly. But I, I will put out the caution that gods are not Pez dispensers. No. You can't just summon one to do something for you if you have no relationship with them. Sometimes they'll agree to help Mm -hmm. you with no prior relationship, but that usually means that a cost is being incurred of some kind. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I do make this clear. When Mm -hmm. I say, you know, know their mythologies, reach out to them, that means getting to know them, reaching out to them. Building a reciprocal relationship. relationship with them, not, as you say... Just expecting some, you know, right. a Santa Claus. Just attaching their name to something and being like, and that'll exactly, do. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, get to know them, and by getting to know them, you're building a relationship with mm-hmm. them. Even if all you're doing is lighting a candle and, and making a right. small making offering. A, make a little offering. Making a little offering. And ask for their help with the thing. Exactly. But first, get to know them, and you do that by getting to know their mythology. Mm-hmm. 
And that's also how you're going to figure out which ones are right exactly. for your specific situation. And sometimes you'll think you have the right deity for your situation and you'll reach out to them and the answer you'll get back is no, but I know a guy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you find that you will continue the relationship with this mm-hmm. with this particular deity who and helped you with this certain problem. And exactly. sometimes you won't. Sometimes it's just for this it's situation. Just, it's just for that situation. Or And that I think is the difference between like building a, a strong connection to a god mm-hmm. and like hiring one to do a job for you. Right. But and I've and I've spoken about this in the past, sometimes they'll come back to you mm-hmm. because I I went to Hakati. I found out about uh-huh. her 20 <laughs> years ago. And, and I knew you I needed used a, her help with I things. used her. I asked for her help. At, I did a crossroads spell. I beseeched her assistance. Um, and before that, I'd gotten to know what kind of a deity she was mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and what it was I was asking of her. And it was cool. Fine. I'll help you with this. And then I did, you know, I had my Christian you, you, mentor. And right? then you had no more thought of it. And I had no more thought of it, even after. And it took a probably, it was several years after that particular spell. It was probably almost 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And I had started having my Christian retrograde. And then another 10 years. Mm-hmm. And she came along and said, hi, remember me? Remember that thing I did for you? You know? <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, shit, that's right. That's right. <laughs> And it wasn't that she was expecting me to, you know. Right, she wasn't mad at you. She wasn't mad. But she did want your attention. She wanted my attention, and she said, I'm giving you the opportunity to work with me on a more personal level. Would mm-hmm. you like that? Basically, yeah. was the interaction that I had with her. I'm paraphrasing. Right. <laughs> Which, as a reminder, is what we do when we talk about relationships yeah. with gods and how we... If I say, when you go to a god... Uh, and they give you the no, but I know somebody response. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I hear the words no, but I know a guy. Right. right? It means that like divination indicates they're not going to help with this, but that someone else is able to, and that I can get an introduction through them. Exactly. Right. Like it's 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 a layered process. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so yeah. So sometimes um, when you do go to a deity, they may come back to you years mm-hmm. later. And offer to work with you again or offer a devotional relationship. Or, or demand payment for or something you didn't payment. pay for before. Exactly. Because if you ask a God or any kind, any kind mm-hmm. of spirit being to, to work for you, with you, mm-hmm. to help you in some way, in some situation, and you are not willing to give them any kind of reciprocal any compensation. compensation, whether it's just a simple thank you. Right, yeah. Sometimes the compensation is really straightforward. Sometimes it's like... A little bit of energy and, and your attention. And, and, and that's attention. it. That's all they want. Yeah. Sometimes it's more substantial. Sometimes it might be a task mm-hmm. that they would like you to perform. Or a specific kind of offering. And they'll fuss at you until you do mm-hmm. it. Now, offerings that would be good for war deities. Oh, that's a hard one. I think a very, like, this is maybe, like, a little too obvious and on the nose mm-hmm. even, but, like, a big one is going to be uh, volunteering for and donating to veterans yes. affairs causes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause and those are their natural people. Those are their natural people. And you know, if for some reason that's not something you can do, I mean, you do still have your, your beers, your meads, your wines, right. your, your thing. But especially, I think if you are getting um, a vibe that you are meant to do something, mm-hmm. put flags or pentacles on, you know, whatever, some kind of a, an honorary, an honoring symbol on gravestones of, of if soldiers. If that's legal if, in your if that's legal cemetery. It depends. Your, if it's legal in your cemetery, if you are being called to do that, join a group who's mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. You know, assist with veterans. There's a lot of, of organizations that 
honor our, our veterans mm -hmm. and our active soldiers. Yep. And uh, at least in the United States, the veterans get supremely fucked over by the government yes, they, they sacrificed for. So any any time or money you can give them is going to be invaluable. And um, do remember, we do have pagans in our military. In our military, yep. There are, you know, there are witches and druids and heathens, you know, yep. all kinds of people who are serving. And even if you don't agree with the military right. aims of your country, most of the people in those militaries are drawn in as teenagers who mm -hmm. don't really know what they're doing. Or, or they're, they're trying to get money into. for college. They're trying to get money for college. They're trying to escape poverty. The pipeline from poverty to the military is well established and not going anywhere anytime soon. So mm -hmm. you can have ire with the military policies of your country, but don't take it out on the individual soldiers. They don't have fuck all to do with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's an option mm -hmm. of, of a service that you could do. Uh, Rashala, Rashala suggests booze as an offering, yep. obviously. obviously. Uh, and L says blood offerings. Mm -hmm. And blood offerings are very expensive. Mm -hmm. We talked about this a little bit because I think we did a blood, did magic, a blood episode. magic episode. An offering of blood, especially of your own blood, is heavy. Magically heavy, emotionally, spiritually heavy. Mm -hmm. So you can absolutely make blood offerings to, to war gods and that might be appropriate, especially for some of the the ragier, bloodthirstier ones. Mm -hmm. um, but, but know what you're doing know what and you're, who you're know getting what you're doing, relationship with. Know what you're doing and know how valuable that blood is. You mm -hmm. do not have to give a lot. Nope. And you should be asking for an equivalent value in mm -hmm. exchange for that. And we're blood. talking like a drop. Yeah. A drop of blood is worth a lot of work. A lot, a lot of work. We don't want there to be any misunderstandings that people yep. are out there harming themselves. Now, if you work on a farm or something mm -hmm. and you have access, have to, access to animal blood or you slaughter your own animals, that's the, those that's, would also be great offerings. Mm -hmm. That's very traditional. Or if you know a butcher. As long as it's done humanely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you know a butcher and you can get blood or um, honestly some of the organ meats. Mm -hmm. That liver. kind of, yeah, liver, heart, Awful. especially heart. You can get that stuff at the grocery store. You can get that store. stuff at the grocery store, especially butcher. at a good butcher. Yeah, yeah you can butcher. get that kind of stuff. So, yeah, those are good offerings. Uh, very traditional for a, for, for a lot of these gods from back in the day when they were worshipped in their original context. And in the Discord, we have a little bit of a conversation going on about yeah. someone who works with Persephone mm -hmm. and has worked with them and Hagati. Um, and especially from the Persephone perspective, you've got a deity who can understand your pain. Right. Who can understand what you're going through. Yeah, so Swan says, when it's a no, but I know a guy, I feel like they want to help, but it's a bit of an effort. There's a tug to keep digging. It's almost like something isn't quite right, but I'm not being put off either. Elle says, or like, I feel your pain on this thing, but it's not quite my wheelhouse like you may think it is. Let me point you in this other direction. Yeah. Rain and Grace says, other self-offerings I'd add to. Blood is super, super valuable, obviously. But I found for one you want slightly less expensive than a lock of hair or tears yeah, works. Tears. Yes. If you are actually yes, if you're in so much stress over this conflict that you pain. that that you can easily, if you access that emotion, cry tears. about it. <laughs> yes. Give your tears of pain and frustration over this conflict to a deity. That's a great offering that also allows you to do some emotional venting. Exactly. And you can, as you are crying and, you know, offering these tears and this pain, mm -hmm. you can also be offering words. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, offering the words, uh, speaking it out mm -hmm. and venting it, if yep. you will, and allowing that deity to, to, to pull to that in pull as, fuel as fuel for the work. Exactly. 
And that I think is part of why like the Morrigan works so well for Jackson mm-hmm. with his anger. Mm-hmm. Because war gods in particular are very good at using heavy, bad emotions as mm-hmm. fuel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something very valuable that we can learn mm-hmm. from war deities, even if we don't work with them directly, um, is that sometimes spite is the best motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes your anger and your pain are great fuel to for building tools for change, mm-hmm. right? Your, your pain and your anger and your anguish don't have to be purely internal hurt experiences for you, right? They don't have to be just damage. You can reconfigure those injuries mm-hmm. into weapons and armor that you take with you into the next engagement. Exactly. And I think that's, that's something war gods are great at. It's something we as humans can absolutely learn from them. Absolutely. And again, I do think it's important that we we specify, since we're talking about battles and war and weapons, we are talking metaphysically. Right, yes. (laughs) Spiritually, metaphysically, emotionally. If you happen to be a smith, yeah, pour yourself, your your pain, Mm -hmm. your tears, your sweat, your your literal (laughs) sweat into the creation of a weapon dedicated to a war god. That's right. right? And that's a great offering. That, exactly, exactly. And then that is a tool that you can use when you need to connect with that deity mm-hmm. for a, anything that is connected to, to that work. To that work. Yep. L. Not Rhiannon says, I wonder if we're talking about devotional acts, if you're a martial artist performing a form or kata as an offering would be appropriate or a specific workout. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yes. Any kind of ecstatic dance. Mm -hmm. Most war gods, even the ones who deal with the more cerebral elements, Mm -hmm. like Athena, like Frigga, they're still going to definitely appreciate the physical effort that goes into these kinds of offerings. Exactly. Our tiger Nyx summons you to Valhalla Taproom in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Join us there for a wide range of unique meads, craft beers, and mead tales. Cocktails built around our meads and inspired by classic drinks like the Mojito and the Bloody Mary. Valhalla also serves handcrafted Italian sodas for the kids and designated drivers and offers three unique alcoholic slushies each week. This week, I owed suggest ordering Huckabear, a light and fizzy huckleberry cocktail built around our Loki mead. Valhalla is open Thursday through Sunday. Find our hours online at norsenector.com and follow Valhalla KZU on Facebook for upcoming events. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus indeed. I owed. I owed. <laughs> <laughs> I write these for other people to read them. So then when I have to read them. <laughs> uh, you could have just said I, but I think you panicked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, that's my name, shit. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But Dictinus helped me get through it. Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. You sailed through that Uh like you meant to do it on on purpose. (laughs) But it was intentional. Dictinus gave me the nudge. Just keep going. Just keep going. (laughs) It's like when you're singing, you just got to keep going. Don't, don't, don't stop. Just watermelon, watermelon your way through it. (laughs) Hail Dictinus indeed. (sighs) Okay. Do we have anything else we want to talk about uh, on the subject of working with war and war deities? It really comes down to what is going on in your life specifically right. where you feel like you could use the assistance mm-hmm. of a war god, whether it's creating boundaries, whether it is gathering enforcing boundaries, enforcing boundaries, because that's a big one, mm-hmm. dealing with stressful situations, finding out 
information that is being held secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah, recon. Recon. <laughs> war gods can also do reconnaissance. That's exactly. a that's an important part of war. Exactly. Gathering the information you need to build your strategy. Exactly. Strategy, mm -hmm. such you know things that you you have to deal with. So I think there's actually a lot. I, I think sometimes. We, we get stuck in this idea like we do with dark deities. Mm -hmm. We focus on the we physical focus, combat aspect. Exactly. And you think, oh, I, I couldn't work with Aries. Mm -hmm. you know, well, if you need courage. Right. If you need just... If, if Straight up courage. Go to Aries. Strong, yeah, irrepressible, like, mm -hmm. will not take bullshit. Exactly. Now, the danger, obviously, with working with Aries is that, yeah. he, is that it's uncontrolled. Yes. Right? So you maybe you also bring in Athena to put some reins on it. Yep. So but, that you have balance. Exactly. As Elle pointed out earlier, you don't have to work with just one at a time. Exactly. I guess our point is, like, if you are really, really needing something. Yeah. If you're feeling really beaten down, a war god may be for you. That, the <laughs> war god may be for you. Exactly. If you're really stressed, if you're really... Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you feel if you really oppressed. Someone, you just really want someone on your side. Yeah, war gods way, are, are on your side in a way that few others are. Yeah, in a way that maybe your other deities, they you know, they do mm -hmm. other things for you. And I do find that war gods, those who specialize in war, tend to be a little more personal. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. No. But like Ares has a much more personal, immediately in your face feeling mm -hmm. than some other gods do. Well, in my experience too, working with Artemis, mm -hmm. she is very up close and personal. Mm -hmm. You there's much, there's less sort of spiritual distance. Yeah, yeah. I I think now my my uh, experiences with like the Celtic deities mm -hmm. or some of the others have been a little more limited to Brigid, right? <laughs> and the Norse uh, Frigga. <laughs> Rochelle says so. War gods are classical extroverts, kind of. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> it's interesting. I remember there was a at a time I was like doing a study of um, dark goddesses. Mm -hmm. And I was learning about Kali, who is, you know, she is a goddess of both creation and destruction. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a... Get you one who can do both. <laughs> yeah. Get to know her, the religion, of, you know, her, her mythology, mm -hmm. honor and respect the fact that she's a Hindu deity. Right. Engage with her in that context. Engage with her in that context. The Hindus are all still around and still worshiping. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a reconstructed religion. That, that one's continuous. Continuous religion. I don't think that means that we can't work with her, but I think it's... it's you just got to do it the right you way. You got to do it the right way. Hinduism is an unbroken tradition. Right. You can't just make shit up about them. Make sure that you're doing it in a way that is respectful to the heritage from which she comes. Yes. Or just reach out to another word dating. There are yeah. thousands There are of thousands. Them. Rhiannon says, I do got to say, I got a love-hate with Aries' relationship with women because modern shit always makes him a misogynist. But in history and myth, he's honestly got huge respect women energy in comparison to others in his circle. Yeah, sometimes the modern interpretations of our gods are shitty. So go with real one you find in the myths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes you find in the myths they're misogynistic and rapey. And, mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. I mean, we, those are things. That, they're complicated. They're complicated. You know, like Hades. <laughs> you know, or Odin, or, or Odin. literally any of any them. Of them. It's, it's, None of them are flawless. Yeah, exactly. Polytheistic deities are not perfect. Right, deities. and they don't have to be. And they don't have to be. You don't have to work with anyone. Nope. Someone is a bridge too far for you, that's fine. Yeah, if you're um, uncomfortable working with war deities or working with dark, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. deities, then that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't work with Demeter. Yeah. Because I think she's selfish. And that's <laughs> it. That's, like, my 
Exposure to Demeter is <laughs> is primarily through her, her mythology, mythology with, with Persephone. Persephone and, and Corey. Yeah. My my I don't like how she behaves in that myth, so I don't work with Demeter. Like <laughs> like Demeter's not even one of the spooky bad goddesses, right? Like everybody works with Demeter, but I don't. Because I don't vibe with what she does in her primary myth. Well, it's like a lot of people don't want to work with Hera because she always comes off as a queen bitch. Bitchy, yeah. Oh, she's vain and bitchy. And, and you know, and but sometimes when I'm reading through those myths, I think, but she got reason. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's going to have personal, individualized reasons for working or not working with any particular god. That's going to be equally true for war gods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as anybody else. Exactly. Just, again, know who you're working with. Yeah. Get to know them as individual deities. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid to work with more than one. Right. If you are wanting to work with somebody who's from a closed tradition, do it the right way. Do it and the right way. Find out if you're allowed to. Because you might not be. And you might not that's be. that's just... And that's okay. Just the way it is. I think, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. I think we've covered it. Right, yeah. How do we close these episodes? Shit. You can... I know. Carl <laughs> always is the one who does this. Okay, so you can find us at... Or by Google. Right, Google. Thanks for <laughs> Googling us. Yes, everyone in the chat is reminding Google, us. Google. Yeah. Google. Google us. Google, Google motherfuckers. Google the, the, the number three and then the words pagans and a cat, and you will find all the things we're on. Three pagans and a cat. Yeah, you can also go to three pagans and a cat. That's the number three pagans and a cat dot com. Mm -hmm. We're on all the uh, platforms yep. for podcasts. You can, you can Google the numbers three and then the letters P-A-A-C. Mm -hmm. That will also get you to us. Exactly. We have a Patreon mm -hmm. where people, if, you know. If they feel so inclined. If they feel so inclined to support the podcast. I must say that's it. We're going to call this episode here. We're done. Goodbye. <laughs>